A good, a good boob jiggle or butt jiggle or <laughs> thigh jiggle or something. The best ones in games are the ones that you don't really notice. Good morning, Frisco, Texas. You are listening to DLC Downloadable Coffee. This is episode 16, <laughs> and it is May 14th, 2018. 16, that means we've been doing it since the end of January. Yep. And officially for what, two, almost three months? Four. Four months now? Yeah. Jeez, man, look at that. Like us. four and a half or awesome. so. Some, some number in there. Awesome. Okay, so this is a podcast where we talk about everything that's happened in the clubs or anything that's happening in our community. Remember, we have a Facebook group. We also have a Discord. So everything just kind of goes all over the place. We also have meetup.com and people post in there every now and then. So this is where we come together to just talk about what everybody has been interested in, any events that are happening in the community, and uh, what can be coming up soon. So let's get into it. Uh, well, real quick, let's do our, our introductions. Oh, Please. yes. <laughs> Why is it like when it's two of us, we just forget to start doing it? Like, you should recognize my voice by now. I'm yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rebecca Easton. And I'm Michael Sewell. Awesome. Uh, it's just us today, though Eric might jump in at some point. Eric Brody. Everybody's running a little bit late. Uh, a little bit late. So let's talk about past events. Sure. Uh, is there anything you know that happened recently? Well, the drink up was last week, mm-hmm. and that was a blast as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I've been in crunch, so I'm, I'm not sure what the world is doing. <laughs> so that was actually, we found uh, last week that May is kind of slow. It's E3 season. Yeah, it's getting close to E3, so a lot of the game devs just kind of go heads down and yeah, crunch to yeah. get something ready for the show. Uh, but actually, at the Game Dev Drink Up, I met an old friend of mine at GDC, from GDC, uh, so every year, the Game Developer Conference is put on, usually at the beginning of the year, uh, what? March-ish, March-ish. Uh, either early or end of March. Yes. And I got in with the writers for a very long time. And the guy, when I knew him, he was starting out as a journalist or he was doing journalist writing. Then he moved on to work at Tall Tell. And now he oh. works with you guys at Gearbox. Oh, Connor. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, Connor just started with us recently. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, uh had a meeting with him and a few others that I can't talk about, so I'm going to not mention <laughs> that anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really it was really awesome to see him again, and I got to geek out about writing and everything. Awesome. And that was probably, it's it, it's been such a long time since I really got a chance to just go full on into, like, geek mode, because mostly everybody in our community is either a programmer or an artist, so it was really nice to be able to talk with a fellow writer in mm-hmm. the game space. Um, so that's that was the only event that happened last week, or that's happened so far. So let's talk about what's coming up this month. Yes, please, because I'm, I'm looking like I might get some free time back soon, so I can start going to some events. Awesome. Play it on. Upcoming event. Upcoming event. Upcoming event. Upcoming event. Upcoming event. Okay. What upcoming show is Dallas Society of Play has... Oh, that's tonight, actually. Oh. Yeah, uh, on Monday 14th at Node Coworking, they have the show, Shader Show and Tell. Uh, that's one... Are they showing cool shader tech? Probably. Are the uh, guys from Innerspace going to be there? Because their shaders are pretty slick. Uh, the guys from Innerspace are super into the group anyway, so I imagine somebody's going to be show up, show up. I don't know who's talking. Uh, I hadn't gotten that far in. 
And then a bunch of short guys, May 19th, is holding their uh, animation panel. And that's going to be at... Do-do-do. At uh, Collin College Spring Creek Campus. Yes. Uh, Actually, my lead and animation mentor will be speaking on that panel. Oh, yeah. Because I remember... Uh, Kent Alfred. uh, I I remember connecting you guys. You and a bunch of short guy. Vince from a bunch of short guys. Different guy, but uh, I'd already actually met Vince way before you and I had met because Vince taught Kent. Oh, yeah. So it's a weird chain of mentors going on. Awesome. (laughs) So if you're looking for anything coming up, uh, well, by the time this podcast goes up, that the 14th will go away. But that's what's coming up this month. Uh, Oh, and can't forget our beer club. Last last Tuesday of every month, our beer club is going to be happening. You need to start going to those. Mm -hmm. And every Friday is Storm's event. Which is a show, and, which is also a show and play. Um, he requests that if you want to do show your game at his event, you send him the game so he can look at it, and make sure it's appropriate, and you can find that on Meetup.com. His specifically. Yeah, we don't want any shower with your dad simulators. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't uh, know what the rules are. Uh, everybody man. should apply if you've got a cool game to show up. There's like a place you could have gone with it, and you're like, no, nah, that's too... Let's go a little more innocent, yeah. It's <laughs> too safe. <laughs> but I mean, shower with your dad simulator is pretty uh, uh, <laughs> uh, traumatizing. Man. Okay. Every, everybody's had that experience, right? So let's get into, is there any other events you know of? Uh, like I said, I've been crunching, so I'm kind of out of the loop at oh. the moment. Uh, but I know you've got some things brewing in the IGDA, and uh, we'll, we'll have more news on that down the line. Cool. Awesome. So let's get into the recap. Yeah. Recap. Uh, I'm getting. Well, yeah. Let's let's recap some stuff before we go into new topics. <laughs> let's do the recap. It's only a two. It's only Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, and to be honest, we are. Ooh, where where's my where are my notes? Um. We have a lot of different things that we talked about. <laughs> wow. Great talk. Great. You know what? I'm going to bring up my topic while you're searching those up. I got it. So I'm a little behind the curve, but I finally watched uh, Childish Gambino's This Is America video, oh. which is very powerful. Uh, if, you, if you don't mind talking about that a little bit. Uh, let's talk about it towards the end. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, I wanna... that, that could be a long one. Yeah, that can be, be a little bit of a long one. Um, so... I posted this ode to Kratos nipples. This is the Thursday Club. Kratos or Kratos? Kratos, yeah, ah. Kratos. Uh, so this is for the Thursday Club. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, I posted this ode to Kratos nipples on K- Kotaku. The guy who writes it apparently likes to look at all games and how they portray nipples. <laughs> uh, he says that Kratos, like full-time job. Kratos is like the most beautiful one he's ever seen. And then somebody shared that the guy took a picture of the, the art, the person that created yeah, the model yeah. for it, took a picture of his own nipples and then used it on <laughs> Kratos. Photogrammetry. Yeah. Oh, so geez. one of the things that we brought up is how realistic games are becoming and it took us all the way down the rabbit hole of getting into boob physics and how some games do it really well and some games do it really bad and how 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 come we don't have the butt jiggles yet or the pectoral jiggles because you know guys i've got i've got things to say in this because uh you know we 
like part of my job with animation related stuff mm-hmm. uh, is tuning some of that kind of thing. Uh, so a good a good boob jiggle or butt jiggle or <laughs> thigh jiggle or something. Mm-hmm. The best ones in games are the ones that you don't really notice. Okay. Uh, a lot of times they'll like hand animate that one of characters running or something like that, and it's it's done tastefully or subtly. Uh, where it gets into to unfortunate territories like the Dead or Alive's, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the beach volleyball game yeah, and all yeah. of that. Where, uh, they just go way over the top. But I think they do that intentionally mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, yeah, th- there's some, like, boob physics is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way that, that we make skeleton skeletal characters and how you have to do jiggle physics stuff and all that. It's not like a voluminous thing. It's like you've got a bone and it looks at the bone ahead of it in its chain and sees how that's moving and then tries to simulate based on that. And you just get... <laughs> <laughs> a picture of a deflating balloon. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but some games do it really well. Mm-hmm. One I'd like to highlight is uh, actually The Witcher 3. Not for boob physics, but for the thighs. Okay. Uh, when you switch your pants in the game, the character in the menu will, like, pat his legs and you get a perfect little wiggle <laughs> in there. It's... Really well done. Like, super subtle. I love it. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that I I can remember from, like... like a, This goes to anime a little bit. Have you ever seen High School of the Dead? I've heard about it. So, of there's the- a the spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen High School of the Dead. It's kind of this... It's serious, but it's also got these over-the-top <laughs> moments. And one mm-hmm. of these over-the-top moments is where this girl... She's got a, a wooden sword, and she's flipping around the place... And there's one girl that shoots guns, and so she shoots the gun, and the travels the follows the camera follows the bullet all the way through the scene. And as the sword girl is flipping backwards, her boobs like mold around the bullet, oh, and God. the bullet just kind of slips through like straight line. Her boobs are just ah, uh, it's just. Have you it, seen those the... moments? Are, are where you go, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, There's this one anime where uh, it's like some gunslinger girl, but mm-hmm. she's got massive boobs. Of course. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and she reloads her gun by Renator. like jiggling. Yeah, uh, but like jiggling just right that the bullets fly out of her cleavage, and then she catches them in the in the revolver in the air. It's fan service so at its ridiculous. So okay, so yes, that's one of the stuff, one of the things we got into at at the. We got to title this episode uh, something boobs. <laughs> Trey, that's enough for you. Uh, and then, uh, we talked about how Fortnite mm. now has a uh, Thanos mode. Yes. Did you see their announcement that in two months on having, uh, their iOS version of the game, they made $50 million? I did not. Just on the iOS version? I know it was a better selling game than PUBG. Oh, yeah. Oh, that surpassed that, like, <laughs> forever ago. Yeah, I knew, I knew that it was doing better than PUBG. Yeah. Uh, so, no, but I watched a Let's Play. To be all- fair, both are good games. I want to make that clear to the <laughs> listeners. I, I play both. So, uh, anyway. so anyways, <clears throat> so I did watch how, how the mechanics are with it. Each player, you somebody gets Thanos mode, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you have to kill that person, and the person that kills them yeah, gets the Thanos Yeah, it's like a mode. King yeah. of the Hill or yeah. MVP mode. Yes, yes, yeah. and it was it's really interesting on how they do it, and and stuff in that game. I wish I hadn't been crunching right now because I've been wanting to, to get that Thanos power <laughs> real bad. Uh, then uh, Valve will soon let you stream Steam games to your phone and tablets. That's pretty sweet, actually. So I do like that. That's just the video, right? And uh, you just took a controller up to your... I haven't seen how it works yet. I'm interested to try it because I've tried their other streaming like between from your desktop to your laptop mm-hmm. or to 
to your TV with the Steam link. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just interested to see how it works. Yeah, I hope it works better than their Steam box. <laughs> I mean, their Steam box worked well, but it wasn't something... It wasn't a smash hit like they thought it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you could say the same with their controller, mm. the Steam controller. Though I wish... It, it just takes getting used to, and I hadn't put in the time to get used to it. I can see the potential in it, though. So we also realized that a lot of news, there's not a whole lot of news come out because, again, E3 is coming up, so we're definitely going to see a blast of news. But one of the guys was talking about how they were watching a lot of VR stuff drop, in particular, like Oculus Go is coming out, uh, and then how AR is kind of also getting a huge jump in news. And one of the things that really caught his attention was the uh, Jedi Challenges. Hmm. So I don't know too much about that one. It sounds like uh, just an AR. You've got a lightsaber and attack the things coming at you. Could be. Uh, cool. And then we got a little bit into, instead of Triple I, because we talked about this last time on the podcast, was Triple I. And Eric has some very strong feelings. So for those of you... Is that like Tien from Dragon Ball? Third, no, third triple, I? triple I, as in triple indie development games. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So this is like, <laughs> this is indie's attempt at being triple A. I always thought of that as double A. Mm, see, everybody thinks of it a little bit yeah, differently, anyway, please, depending please. on your perspective. So we got a little, little bit into that. Eric, last time on the podcast, had very strong feelings, and kind of when she was here, so you got a little bit over that. Uh, but for those of you that are listening, go check out our last episode. All right. And it's towards the end of the episode where we start talking about Triple I. And then, uh, oh, and the guys were like, instead of calling it Triple I or Triple A games, why not start calling them Blockbuster games instead? Because that's something that's that's already kind of out there. As in, like, Blockbuster compared to Netflix? Like, yeah. secondary? No, just like, <laughs> just, just in that um, when you t- call a movie, like, a smash hit, yeah, you're calling yeah. it a Blockbuster hit. Sure. Right? And that's, it's... It's already out there. The terminology is already out there. And so it'd be really easy to adapt. And we were looking at it from consumer point of views. So then right? what, why would a AAA game not be a blockbuster? No, we said just call them all blockbusters. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, we were just like, call them all blockbusters and stop uh, stop trying to like set weird boundaries or yeah. gatekeeping for it, something. It is weird that it is kind of like that, that sort of gatekeeping of whose games are more polished and blah, 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 blah. But I also feel like it's a problem from both sides. Right. So to just kind of recap a little bit, Triple I are developers that are small, but are able to create a quality of a game that rivals that of a Triple A game. Right. And a lot of people are starting to worry that Triple I's might set an unrealistic... Uh, expectation? Expectation for all triple, uh, all indie games to meet. Mm. Right. Uh, in particular, you have a good example. Hellblade. Oh yeah. Well, see, I would actually, I would definitely argue that that is not Triple I, uh, because that is a full-on Triple A developer that set out to to make a lower budget Triple A quality game. So they had twenty devs, uh, all senior talent, mm-hmm. and like set a budget of like twenty million. And I would firmly call that Double A. Honestly, I don't know why there are two separate. So that's actually what we, what, what, we, what we pointed out. There are some developers that come into the space that are like, they started out indie. You know how some <coughs> companies won't hire you unless you have some that game under your belt. So a lot of people turn to oh, doing, yeah, yeah. 
during their own game. So the, you the have yeah, right? you have this. You have people that just they get into it because that's that's one of the stepping stones. And then you have talent that got released from a studio, right? Because we have, I mean, the turnover in the game industry is super high, right? Just there seems like every few months, massive studios are just being shut down, and so it floods the market with all of these people. And what they do sometimes is get together with all the people that they know also got let go and pull their talents and do a game. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so it's in the, con- for in developers, like this is very well known, but for consumers, not so much. Yeah. Right. And it got tossed to like, who is the ones that are supposed to set these expectations so that the consumers don't, don't have these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations and a lot of us were like, well, you have to train the consumer to look at this stuff. But not a whole lot of people are. They just see the... Well, look at, like, who's developing it and where they came from. Yeah, and <laughs> there's aren't... You aren't going to find too many too many consumers that really get into it. Unless they yeah, really yeah. want to know how a game is developed. Yeah, that's true. But I also feel like uh, it's <clears throat> not entirely necessary mm-hmm. for the consumer to d- dive into that information. And they shouldn't have to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, a good game's a good game. It doesn't matter what the like quality of the art is. If mm-hmm. it's fun to play and people are buying it, then that's what matters there, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't matter if like a bunch of you know twenty-year vets got together and made it with a twenty million dollar budget, or like five guys in Brazil made it mm-hmm. on not so much that budget, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's one of the things we're talking about with AAA and, yeah, and, and yeah. like the conflicts and things that are within that. And then the revival of full motion video games. This is stuff like Night Trap. Sure. Uh, sure. Those kinds of games. We're seeing a revival in the indie space. Or that, that dating game that everybody was really pissed about. Which one? Uh, the one with the guy who's like, that's how you talk to women, or that's oh, not how you talk oh, to women. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, uh, shoot, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. I got to remember what that is called. Note for myself. Go find what that game is called and then talk about it at the... At the no, I don't think we need to talk to bring up the name. I don't think it deserves any more attention. <laughs> but so they know what we're talking about. Yeah, so full motion, <laughs> full motion video games. There's some developers coming out that said, I didn't even realize that this was a genre of game you can create. I did it because I had a limitation on what I could do. Yeah. Her story is, be, is one of the ones that were mentioned. Um, I would also, there's a game that I was watching that I've watched some Let's Players play called Simulacra, hmm. which I is, think I've heard of that, yeah. yeah, it's a cell phone game, but everything in there is very, it's full motion. So you're having to, the way the game works out is you, it, the concept is you found a phone and then you have to find out who the owner of the phone is. And so you're unlocking all of the phone, and we're watching these uh, vlogs and things. Yeah, and learning it's out kind about of like them. a, oh, geez. Uh, augmented reality, but not in the same way as it's, as it's been called lately. It's uh, no, I, the, I would call it a full motion video, okay. video okay. game Fair because enough. it is in no way augmented reality. I'm, I must be thinking of another game. There's there's one game that's like web based, but you, it ties into like Google Maps and coordinates, and you do all this like hunting for. It's really cool. Anyway, I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Okay, okay. Uh, but the full motion video stuff leads also back to Hellblade. A lot of their cutscenes are just full motion video with a lot of effects around it oh. and all that. Uh, cool. That's how they got away with a lot of reduced budget stuff. Okay, okay. I mean, you again, really should play that game. It's it's fairly short, but it's right up your alley. Okay. Again, it's uh, it it's, it sounds like it was a limitation 
that they had to find a way of overcoming, mm-hmm. and they did. And so that's the same thing that they're talking about now. This, these rise of the full motion video games again. It's totally because there's a limitation. It takes a lot to do yes. a 3D model. It's not just modeling it. Then you have to rig it, and then you have to animate it. And it just it's just a lot of work. And for yep. somebody that doesn't have the skills, and you don't want to be another sprite <laughs> sprite video game, a lot of people are switching. I'm just really that. interested in seeing these mixed media games mm-hmm. somehow pull it together and make them work really well. And Hellblade is an excellent example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you can still tell what's kind of what's FMV, what's what's CG, mm-hmm. uh, the pairing is really well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's mostly what we talked about for the Thursday group. So now let's talk about what we got into on the Friday group. Oh, look, I have a little picture of the guys on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got to put that up. Uh, yeah. Come to our, uh, our actual chats on Thursdays and Fridays, and you too can be in the photos. <laughs> so one of... So, I don't even know. He wasn't there to really discuss it. Uh, World of Warcraft cyber sentence, cyber attacker sentence to one year in prison. That was one thing. We didn't get too far into it, but somebody had hacked into World of Warcraft and they found them, and now he's sentenced to one year in prison. So. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I had not heard about that at all. What did, uh, what all happened? Uh, I don't... I didn't get into... We didn't really get into it. Oh. Uh, just... I guess it's an interesting precedent to see cybercrime have full. Well, I mean, it's uh, not the first time that you've heard of of some like. I mean, there was the, the guy who who went to prison for swatting, and it resulted in somebody's death. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that's <clears throat> man. Okay, well, I got sad very quickly. I'm gonna bring back. So one of the things <laughs> we really the the thing that really got got talked about in the club is uh, or on Friday was the illusion of agency. Mm. So for those of you that don't know, there's two there's this illusion that video games like to put on, right? They really try to immerse you in the world of the video game. Right? In the case of doing branching narrative and branching dialogue, it gives you this illusion of choice that your right. your choices are really affecting the way the game goes. But there's another level to that that we don't talk about too much. Because it just applies to pretty much any game that has a story and the character has an arc, right? Yes, this is yeah. how I was saying it. And it's called the illusion of agency, <laughs> right? And one of the guys had even said that he never felt like a story. Like, he he always felt like the story was happening to him, right? And that's really true in a lot of cases. If a character, and this is what I was putting out to the group, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on it. My thing is, if a character has an arc, meaning they start out one way and they end up another at the end, right? Because that's what the a character arc is. Then you're it's you're kind of just an actor mm-hmm. in this case. This yeah. goes back to a uh, GDC talk like that speaking I speaking the lines, yeah, the motions. It's right. it's already already told there, right? And this at GDC a couple of years ago or several years ago, there was a guy who. He, he talked about a lot of things. His talk didn't make sense, but one thing he said stuck out to me, and it was he treats his players as if they're actors, and he's giving them a role to play. Okay. Right? Okay. And so that's that's what that came out to be. And we went from talking about how this agency, this illusion of agency works, and how we also use that to place our players in uncomfortable positions. So in the case of Bioshock Infinite, I talked about this a while back, it was uh, a spoiler alert again. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 
for those that play through it, there's an instance where you're going through and you get baptized. Yeah. Right? It made a lot of people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. A lot of people uncomfortable. And some people wanted their money back and all this other stuff. So it started this weird thing. But the most part about it is it set them up on this uncomfortable position. Right? Then we started talking a lot about how Bioshock or Bioshock, it doesn't matter which Bioshock, always seems to place you in these very uncomfortable positions in where, uh, and these are like 10-year-olds games, so if you haven't played them <laughs> before, still, very more, good games, you know, still more spoiler alerts, <laughs> but you, uh, in the first one, you're playing as one of those big daddies, and you have to... Um, That's the second one. Second game. At the end. Okay. One of them, you're supposed to, t- you're supposed to like kill little girls. And that's actually a choice. You can make that choice to do it or not. And how that, for a lot of people, that made them uncomfortable mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because it was like, you kill the girl and get her, her like, energy slug thing. Or mm-hmm. you save them. Uh, and it was that, like you said, that illusion of agency, that illusion of choice. Well, it was straight up a choice. You could kill yeah. them or not, and it changed your ending. Yes. Yes. And so the <laughs> other thing that we talked about was, gra- uh, one of the guys talked about was how in Grand Theft Auto 4... There was a moment where he was, like, fully immersed in the game. You know, you're a bad guy doing bad things, but you could also do good things if you really wanted to. There was a moment where he kidnapped this lady. And he said, it broke for me when all of a sudden the character takes her head and he just starts smashing the girl's face into the steering wheel. And and it just broke him out of that because he's like, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, yeah, me as yeah. the evil person wouldn't have done that. And it set him up as it, it broke that illusion for him. Um, so a lot of games have a tendency, have yeah, a tendency yeah, to that. take it a little too far. <laughs> I really like. Uh, I mean, a, a great example of these agents of choice or, or these uh, these illusions of choice is you know any Bioware game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you make the choice, it changes the dialogue a little bit, mm-hmm. and it feels like, oh man, this could have been way different if I chose that option or this mm-hmm. option. But it's always just an illusion, right? It's always just like one or two lines change, or maybe you get a slightly different scene. But mm-hmm. if you go back and actually play through it, it you can tell that it's, you're still on that that scripted. Right. The, uh, so, but the ones that I really like, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, no, keep going. The ones that I really like are uh, the ones that actually impact what missions that you play or what you can do. Uh, Deus Ex has always been a great example of this. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a moment where you've got two missions that you can play out, and you and one would result in saving. Uh, this one character, and it would actually change, you know, mm-hmm. how the how the plot goes out. And the other one, you'd get more information about the, uh, you like heist a bank, and you get more information about the the conspiracy theory that's going on, right? So it's this very like neither choice is better than the other, but both are really, really influential with mm-hmm. how you want to play the game. Right. <clears throat> so one of the things that I was talking about mostly is how do you get rid of this illusion, right? And the way that the the game game community has sort of solved it is creating blank slate characters yes, essentially yes. you're dropping this illusion you're dropping the character arc and you're focusing more on the player arc right i i like to say that games have three stories in total you have the world you have the character and then you have the player i like that right? yeah. each one of them has a has their own <coughs> story that you're playing through right the character in the world is very closely tied to each other and the player usually learns at the same rate as the character, right? Now, in the champ, and the Skyrim is a perfect example of this. So, Skyrim entirely drops the character arc. There's no change in the personality at all. You're not really learning right, anything right. big. It's entirely the player. Yeah, it's entirely the player, and it's just their skills. It's that player arc, and it's just that skills that are going through it. And the other way 
is you drop the linear narrative, right? There's a lot of open world, and I think you mentioned this once before, there's a lot of open world games that are actually very, very linear, yes, right? You yes. can't progress in the, in the world unless you complete these very specific missions in parts of the world to unlock another section, right? But they like to claim that they're open world. Just because open world is now one of those buzzwords that are super exciting for people that are like, oh, I can explore all this place. Yeah, yeah. Fallout 4 is a good example of that kind of illusion of an open world. It's open, but there's still a, there's still parts of the story you really, or parts of the world you really can't get into. Right, because you'll just get decimated immediately. Yeah. Right? Which um, is the same way. They, they gate the level or mm-hmm. the world by the difficulty of the encounters that you'll face. Mm-hmm. So, like, you walk into an area and there's ten death claws. Well, clearly you can't go through that area because you go and die. Until you <laughs> unlock the level, until you unlock part of the story that's in there. Right, right. right. And that changes, like, what spawns there. Yeah. Or the alternative is you just get powerful enough by doing other things yeah. that you can just blow through that area. Right. And so there's a there's a there's there's that that they do. Um, I lost where I was going with it. But... That, that was the thing. It's like you drop these linear, you drop these linear kind of concepts, mm-hmm. character arcs, world, world, or world story, and um, linear story that you're trying to tell, and you focus mostly on the way, kind of like Skyrim does it. They kind of just leave these breadcrumbs all over the place, and you can play them in any little order that mm-hmm. you want. Um, in again, no character right. arcs, and they so. do that to fill out their world story. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more they focus more on the lore of the world. And how you can interact with the different parts of that they have going on there. So you can definitely be, I believe, a vampire and a werewolf oh, yeah, yeah, at any totally point can. in time. And you can you can do like the I think my friend, I don't you'll have to correct me if you've played it this part. And I welcome anybody to correct me. Uh, but there was a, this time that I was watching him where he played through the vampire arc yeah, and yeah. he like he's like, Okay, I'm done with that quest, and then he went and played through the <laughs> the werewolf arc. And so it didn't wasn't really tied to it. It was just a series of, of missions that tied to this one yeah, little chunk. Yeah. But you know, I, I wish that they could have taken it one step further. Like if you had done the vampire arc and then went to do the werewolf arc, like mm-hmm. it would change the werewolf arc a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, what the f is this vampire doing here? So I'm- that but <laughs> this uh this thing that that I wanted to point out, um it, the reason why it's like this, mm-hmm. because there's just so much that goes into the writing of it. Right. right, right. It, having to do what they call the Lego storytelling style means you have to really account for any little thing in there yeah. that could happen and how it goes. So there's well, a that, game. That just becomes this impossible task you're trying to do, especially in a game like Skyrim. How can you account in every storyline for every other storyline affecting it? It's it's <clears throat> it's a conversation. Uh, there's a there was a game. One of the guys mentioned. He's mentioned it several times. I can't remember what it's called. It kills me every time because I'm really interested. But the way that they're they're structuring the story is um, I'll have to find it. Like I'll have to I'll have to find what that story is and post it somewhere yeah, or what that yeah. game is called. Well I've got a frustration um, on the story with Fallout. Hmm. Uh, with Fallout 4, like previous Fallout games, one of the player agency things that I really loved about Fallout and the reasons why I enjoyed and played Fallout uh, was because the character that you create influenced your dialogue choices. So, you know, your character, even though it's kind of a blank slate, would always have, like, things that they could say. Mm. But if you... If they were you, never a blank slate. Fair enough. Uh, but if you if you were to change your character's stats and how you built them, it mm-hmm. would change the dialogue choices. So mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do in the Fallout games was to make a character with, like, zero intelligence. <laughs> and then Fallout, like, 3 and 2 and, other, and, and the previous ones, you could go up to a character and they'd be like, what's the thing? And you'd be like, 
Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> he made a character that is literally mm-hmm. so dumb they can't really speak well. Uh-huh. And he would change your dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Fallout 4, I did the same thing. I made a character that had zero intelligence but max charisma mm-hmm. just to see what would happen. And uh, I found all the dialogue choices were the exact same as otherwise. And yeah. so I didn't I kind of stopped playing the game at that point. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, I lost my agency, I should say. Yeah, there you go. That's that's really what it is. It's just this illusion of agency that kind mm-hmm. of is persistent. And we don't like to talk about it because it's kind of pulling back the curtain. True, yeah, true. We're, we're seeing the wizard behind the curtain. And, and not too many people like that. But at the same time, once it hits, so many people are like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. This game is supposed to be like, I'm supposed to be the the hero here, and I'm not. That's mm. kind of blows, blows a lot of people's mind, um, at least in the consumer space uh, is what I've seen. So that's pretty much all we talked about for both the Thursday and Friday group. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into, is there, let's get into anything that we want to expand on. Uh... I see you have the flame and the flood pulled up. Oh, yeah. So they were talking about... Oh, thank you for reminding me. There is last thing that we've... We're, we've started a kind of a gamer book club thing. So everybody's going to pick a game. And then we play that game throughout the course of the month. And then at the end of the month, we talk about how about that game. Right? This, this month, and we started pretty late because it was kind of just sprung up on us that we were doing this now... Uh, it, this month we're doing Monument Valley. Yes, yeah, great game. It's free on uh, on the, the app stores right now. I don't know if it's going to stay free, but it's free in the app store right now. There is two stores, one that is free and one you can buy. And if it's not free, it's about 99 cents. Yeah, it's it's totally worth your time uh, and your money because right. it's, it's really good. So not this <laughs> week, but next week is the end of the month. It's the end of the month, and so we're going to be talking about that either on the Discord or at the clubs. We're going to talk about it. Why not both? <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, and for those of you that can't play in time, it's short, but there are some people that just really don't have the time to play it. Uh, I am looking for a silent uh, Let's Play so mm-hmm. that you can just watch the game in its set. And that means, when I say silent, it means there's no, no yeah, Let's yeah. Play or talking over the game. Uh, like you would with uh, and, and even if you, you don't have time to, to watch that, you can still participate in the discussion and, and listen to, to what people think about it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for games that are uh, evocative evocative in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. To, to encourage the discussion, encourage the interest. So we'll probably focus more on indie titles. Right. And things that are, are pushing well, different... We are focusing on indie titles also because indie titles are the more affordable ones, True. and they're they're often smaller in in uh, playtime. So yeah, yeah, in playtime. Play, yeah. play if we try to go for any triple A's, A's, it's gonna take it takes sometimes. For those of you that play like me, sometimes it play it, it can take you upwards like two to three months. Oh later. yeah, like I haven't I haven't been able to play much of Data War because I've been. So. Dad of War being God of War. Yeah, well, well I'm sorry, Dad of Boy. That's mm. what I prefer to call it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the flame, it, the flame and the Flood is one of the ones that, uh, that um, uh, our guys were suggesting for next month. Yes, uh, I would strongly agree with that. Uh, that is by a bunch of ex-irrational, ex-Bioshock mm-hmm. Bioshock developers after Irrational closed down. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. Well... All of the above. Okay. Anyway, um, 
I've met the lead animator and technical guru and CEO of that uh, that project a number you. of times at GDC, Gwen Frey. Okay. And uh, she is incredible. Her work is incredible. And she just announced another indie game uh, that I can't... Um, oh, geez. What is it called? I'll have to look it up, but I'll bring it up next time. Uh, but it's basically a puzzle platformer where you play as a bunch of instruments. Oh. It's really cool. Uh, cool. We'll have to We'll have to plug that a little more fully next time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, Flame in the Flood is really good. It's the first, like survival-ish game that I really, really enjoyed. Is this one also, uh, what do they call it? Not computer-generated. Um, well, yes. <laughs> procedural. Uh, yes. Okay. A little bit. Uh, yeah, yes. Not not just a little bit, but yes. Uh, is it the one with the little girl on it? Little girl and her dog? Yes. Okay. I know what she, yeah, I was watching. So they do some like, really interesting mechanics with it. Uh, it's one of those survival games where when you die, you lose everything. Uh, uh, but... Your dog comes back. Even though you died, your dog survives and comes back. And whatever stuff you had put in your dog's backpack, you get to keep. <laughs> oh, nice. So it, it builds upon itself the further you get into the game. It's a lot of fun. Really good game. Well, at the time that this was posted in the Discord, it was free. I don't know if it's still free. I think it's on the Humble Store right okay. now, right? Yeah, might be. So Humble Even Bundle. if it's not free, uh, please... Give them your money because they are really talented people and they would love to keep making games, I'm sure. Right. Well, hum just for those that don't know, the Humble Bundle is an easy, it, easy is a good way to kind of get onto a lot of games because they're affordable at that price. It's kind of pay what you want for the for a certain amount of games. That's um, how I got, uh, what was it, Bastion? Yeah. Yeah, Bastion's really good. Yeah, Bastion is, I got it through a Humble Bundle and I paid a lot so I could get the full bundle. <laughs> but they have like a cap for you to get, like, if you... Yeah, yeah, it's like if you pay above the average uh, <clears throat> the average donation donation amount, then mm -hmm. you get extra games in there. Or uh, Usually or it's like, like, you could you could get the Humble Bundle for nothing and mm -hmm. only get, like, three games, or you could pay, like, $10 and get, like, six. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Humble Bundle might be a good way for some of you that can't do massive purchases or purchase some of that. That might be yeah. a good way for you to pick up some of the games. Uh, what, so, okay, so is there a topic that you would like to discuss? Um, there is, but I should probably get upstairs <laughs> and get to work, because I do, a, uh, I have to leave early for a doctor's appointment. Later, okay, so. okay. All right, well, we have been. <laughs> so this is the Downloadable Podcast, uh, podcast, woo, of course we're downloadable. This is the Downloadable Coffee Club, half in Dallas. Uh, every Thursday and Friday, we have actual physical meetups. We meet up at the City Line Whole Foods off of Runner Road in Plano. And then we meet here at Nirvana. Both coffee clubs start at 8 a.m. We usually go to about 9, and then we stay after. And here at the Friday, they sometimes play board games. On Thursday, on Thursday we just kind of sit around and catch up and get to know each other better, like what's going on in, with the life. So we feel like a huge community. That being said... Since we're at Nirvana, we also got to give them a shout out for allowing us to use this yes. space. Thank you, Nirvana. Yes. For, and if you are looking to start your own podcast or let's say you want to get into Twitch streaming, but your computer is not absolutely the best out there to be doing that, Nir uh, Nirvana's podcast booth has the ability to do that. Definitely come check them out. See if you can get on to their roster. I always forget the name, uh, what the email is. It's nerdvanastudio at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, you can just shoot that, shoot an email to them. 
Uh, they have a full schedule um, of like kind of like what times are available. So you can always just tell them, hey, here's the days I'd like to kind of stream or here's the day that I would like to, you know, in day and time that I'd like to record my podcast and mm-hmm. they'll find a spot for you. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, so if you want to join the conversation, definitely check out our Facebook or get our Discord if you don't have a, our Facebook group. If you don't have access to the Discord, just hit up on the Facebook group asking it. Anybody that is a member on the Discord can give a link to you to come join the conversation. Mm-hmm. I will be, since we've mentioned it already, the book game club. I'll be posting a link as well as a Let's Play, a silent Let's Play for everybody that can't play the game but still wants to join in on the conversation. So check it out there on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody. This has been Rebecca Easton. <laughs> you can find me at My Dyslexic World on Twitter and on Twitter mostly. It's D-E-S, not D-Y. And I've been Michael Sewell. You can follow me on Twitter at Sewell Softworks. Don't forget to smash that like button, fam. See you later. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.